Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But they really all sold out. Feel all together. You with me now. Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And uh, we're going to ruin, uh, I don't know, it, uh, who knows what <laughs> strikes are on, so still. Yes. So, uh, things are getting pushed, delayed, etc., etc. Uh, but, you know, if you need drama in your life, or just a drama to watch, <laughs> there might not be a better drama in in the world on television right now than the NFL. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Um, and you know what, to be perfectly honest right now with the strike going on, I kind of like that we get involved in the NFL first rather than an afterthought because yeah. I mean, let's be honest, like you're right. I mean, even, okay. Like here's my, my favorite part about this week in the NFL is that it's not Brett Favre. <laughs> Or Brett Barnes. Um, Aaron Rodgers going out four plays. Four oh, plays <laughs> into Dude. his Jets career. Okay, so this felt like a this felt like karma coming back to biting them in the ass because of that stupid hard knocks. I really want you to watch the hard knocks thing now because I kind of do want to watch it now. <laughs> Just oh, to see you know the the the, the, the wild inflated <laughs> ego of Aaron Rodgers because yeah. I mean that's what it is. It's like this whole like like HBO special how Aaron Rodgers is great and the New York Jets are coming back and the uh, the East Coast writers are going to love it because you know they like you know because these old men like we've talked about this before like uh, like I I'm not a big sports journalist fan because it's just a bunch of old white dudes wishing that new york would be the epicenter of of sports and they really thought that it was going to happen they really thought that the jets were going to be back like back when joe willie namath was around and man spectacular fashion right i mean you i'd say you couldn't have scripted it but i'm assuming you've seen Literally three or four hours before the game, some dude yeah. tweeted, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to tear his Achilles on this rain-soaked turf at yep. the, the Jet Stadium. And it's just like, what the hell? I mean, that's like <laughs> a million monkeys with a million typewriters kind of thing. Like, you you just pulled that one out of the hat, man. Like, yeah. you know. but. Nobody could have predicted four plays. You know, if he walks away, he gets like $75 million. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And it's not like, okay, so like, here's the thing. It's not like Aaron Rodgers hasn't made $280 million in his entire career. But now he gets that extra bonus kicker if he doesn't come back. Even though, like, my favorite part is like now I'm convinced he's high as fuck every time he talks to like before I thought it was like he was being considerate now after all the ayahuasca bullshit and like you know going on Joe Rogan every week for like a solid month 
Um, I'm fairly convinced that he's high as fuck when he talks to people because like the last couple of interviews, it's like this glazy eye. I'm coming back if you guys don't believe it. And I'm like, no, I don't believe it because you're high as shit because you're, I don't know what's going on here. Um, it's all to say Aaron Rodgers is like, I don't know, dude, like that's like, it's wild, right? Like, yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, like he thinks he's come. Like this is his second. Isn't this his second ACL tear? I'm fairly certain, right? Maybe. Oh no, um, no, no! It was an MCL. It was an MCL. I think because it was in his his arm. That's where he, he like he tore his um he tore no no um it wasn't his MCL. Uh, I can't remember what the the thing is in your in his throwing arm that he tore, but he tore that and then like so like this is like the second major debilitating injury, right? Um, yeah, I mean, ACL tears ruin careers of NBA stars. Yeah. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is known as a quote unquote mobile quarterback, right? Even though in the last couple of years, he's looked pretty much like the worst version of Patrick Mahomes in the, in the Super Bowl game where he literally is on a broken ankle. Like, like that's like Aaron Rodgers on a good day. I mean, yeah, I kind of feel sorry for Jets fans, not not necessarily <laughs> for the city of New York and their sports teams, because <laughs> like f a man. Um, I'm glad that we've gone away from New York being the epicenter of all sports. Like oh, it, it's, guess. you know, it. it yeah, it is what it is. Um, I'm also glad it's not Philly. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Um, I mean, although well, the Eagles, I mean, I don't maybe, <laughs> but also maybe not. <laughs> okay, I mean Philly's gonna do what Philly's gonna do, right? Like, yeah. win, lose, they burn down the they they literally, like they literally boo at their <laughs> at their sports teams and burn the fucking place down, like. I'm always very wildly wild about Philly. Like Philly is is something else uh, to me, at least. Like they're Did just you like this. See, have you been following any of uh, the the baseball uh, the the race here? Yes, yes, I have. I have so the Braves have run away with the regular season, yes, and uh, Ronald Acuna has. Like made because there was a, a while where it's like, oh yeah, but like Mookie Betts is also like a vi- very viable candidate for uh, uh, MVP. So is Freddie Freeman, a former Brave, mm-hmm. out there, both out there in LA. And then it seems like a, a Ronald Acuna was just like, oh, I so I need to make really make my case. And the last few weeks, like he seems even in games where they've lost. He, he's been unbelievable. Um, so he, he, not just him, but like the entire team, they, they were in Philly and they were just hammering the ball. And mm-hmm. I, I think they, it might've been a Braves record for home runs or it, it any, regardless, they were, they were doing some home run celebrations and 
I get that the fans don't like it. Um, also, somebody threw uh, Fred, uh, not Freddie Freeman, um, the guy they got the Matt Olson, the guy they brought in to replace Freddie Freeman, who looks better than Freddie Freeman, um, which is bizarre. Uh, hit. Uh, that's what it was. Uh, he hit the his fifty first home run, so he's now tied yeah. for the most home runs by a brave in a season um and a fan first of all a fan threw it back uh which i get it because you're you're uh phillies fan i get you don't want to keep the ball but hey buddy they would have bought that ball back off of you man like 100 percent. you just did that dude a favor <laughs> like now he doesn't have to give you you know a bunch of crap to get the 51st home or the the organization doesn't so no, good job not. there um yeah. but the the phillies coach long story short the phillies coach got on uh after the game and was like well you know i like to coach my guys to act like they've been there before and not you know celebrate things like that and i'm just like that's not true man <laughs> Like Philly, I, I get yeah. you got some 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 hard feelings about the fact that they, you know, came in and you know showed you up a little bit because they lost one of those games pretty badly. Yeah, the Braves. Oh did. yeah. Um, and I I get that you know it's like oh yeah you're breaking your records in our ballpark and that's never fun but like no <laughs> if that if that were I I don't even know any Philly players right now that, that Bryce might, Harper. There you okay, yeah. If that were Bryce Harper in Atlanta doing something amazing, you wouldn't when he got back to the dugout after celebrating, you wouldn't be like, Hey man, don't do that. There's no yeah. way. You'd no, want him to go not. out there and piss people off. <laughs> um or and, and like or like would <sighs> Would Braves, um, would like, um, would Braves manager, what's his name, Brian S- Sitner? Sn- or Snicker. Snicker. They call him <laughs> Snit. Snit for short. S N I T. Okay. Would Snit go on to, like, I've never seen, I've never seen another manager go on except for maybe, maybe Joe Torrey, um, because he was a Yankee and fuck Yankees. Yeah, I said it. Fuck Yankees. Um, would have gone on to the maybe Lasorda. <laughs> Lasorda was a wild ass m- yeah. mofo. Um, he might have gone on, but you don't see like Snit going on TV talking shit. Like, uh, I mean, about like you know, oh, you know, it it, it kind of reminds me of the whole Coach Prime glasses and hat like yeah. situation. With oh Colorado yeah, State. That, that's yeah. Like, it, it is such an obvious. Like you're you're trying to hit them with something because you got nothing else. Like yes. Oh yeah. Well, you know, my mom taught me to to uh, take off my hat and glasses when I talk to people. And like, okay, man. Like that's what you're coming at him with. Like mm-hmm. he, he's he's. It's not even showbud. It's not anything other than Dion being Dion, man. Exactly. Trying to like. Like he, it's exactly. literally the way he's always been. Yeah, 
like you saying that Coach Prime, it can't, like it is doing something wrong when he's always done that. Like not even okay. Like here's the thing, not even not even since he was a major league player, but when he was in college playing college ball, he was like that. Um, you know, so a guy who's been around for like like in some form or fashion that we've known about him for 30 plus years in all the iterations he's been this man um at every single iteration he's proven that this this works for him this is his life this is his like this is this is his narrative right like he truly is like here's the weird part is what i love about prime is is that he knows he's the superstar. He knows he's the center of gravity. He doesn't make any qualms about it, but he doesn't make anybody look bad around him, right? Like as long as you're as long as you're in his atmosphere and you respect the prime and the the the, the gravitational pull of the supernova that he is, he's going to take care of you. Look what he's done with his kids. Like he's motivated them in a way that I cannot like you watch like like you watch and you see how disconnected like it makes it makes a case for just how disconnected some of these fucking coaches are to their to to their players especially in college because yeah. this dude is like I love you kids I want you to do the best I want you to be a star here and he talks to them at their level like I don't see any dis like what's more disrespectful is somebody who sits there and talks at their kids and not talks to them. You know, I don't know. It's like fuel to the fire though. Right. Like we saw what Dion did. That's the other thing is, do you think by coming out and saying any of this, that you're not feeding that fire? Oh, you you are. Yeah. When, when the Phillies manager says stuff like that, do you not think that, uh, I, I mean, it's probably not going to happen again this year, but do you not think that the next time the Braves play the Phillies, that that's not going to be a clip that gets played in the locker room? And we're like, go out there and show them what you got, man. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to be used to fire people up. And and it's like, it it's baffling to me how it, it's the, yeah, I mean, hater mentality but like it's such a jealousy thing like yeah personally but i've never made any qualms about it like i i bag on tom brady like i will and it is precisely because of how good he is Mm -hmm. but i don't make any qualms about him like yeah fuck that dude because he's too good at all of that stuff like no man should be able to do what he did. So fuck him. <laughs> like no, he, absolutely. He's a robot. <laughs> he really is. He's a robot sent back in time to 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 like make us all, except for the people in in, in New England, hate him. And I think yeah. that even now, I mean, I mean, Boston people are so bitter and so like 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 fandoms that I don't like, <laughs> as probably you guys can tell. Are people from Philly just because? I mean, you don't burn down your city. Just don't burn down your city. You can yeah. you can boo at your you can boo at your people. I mean, LA people do it all the time. Fine, whatever. But 
just don't burn down your city, right? But then Boston, there's such sort like the problem I have with Boston is is not only is that they're the whitest white bread like white mayonnaise city in the world, and they're probably one of the more racist cities I've ever been to. I, but I've, I've heard that. I have heard that from yep. people, and I'm like, oh, really? Because uh, like. I've I've known a few people in my time from mm-hmm. the north that have either moved down here to the south and like the south is so looked down upon. Yes. And I'm just like and hearing things like oh yeah, like Boston or like um uh uh um Staten Island mm-hmm. uh, in New York like just just racist ass communities and I'm like oh really? <laughs> like, I know we well, might sound like a bunch of dipshits, but like, and yes, there are those those things here. There, there's yeah. those things everywhere. But like, it, it's so just yeah. Fuck those people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um. But like, like the whole thing is, is that it's like, like you're you're not only sore losers, but you're sore winners. Like, that's the thing about every Boston team is yeah. that they're sore lo- winners. Like, I cannot stand that. Like, one of the one of my favorite things to see this uh, this week was watching Colorado, like, beat the snot out of out of Nebraska. But seeing the joy of these kids winning a game that. Probably, I mean, we know last year they would have not have been able to yeah. win. But at the end of the day, Coach Prime goes up to the Nebraska coach, extends his hand, shakes it, looks him in the eye with his glasses on, says, good game. Thank you. Doesn't, doesn't give him any disrespect whatsoever. And I'm like, like that's the way it's done. Like, that's the way it's done. Like, bringing these, like, letting them celebrate and joy. And it's not, there's a huge difference between, like, the joy of celebration, the agony of defeat. But don't take, like, it's it's like you're trying to take, like, like going back to the Phillies coach. You're taking away, you're taking away a little bit of joy from somebody who did something spectacular. Now, yeah, it's on your field, but you know what? Own that. Because how many times have you done something on somebody else's field? Okay, to uh, to that point, to that mm-hmm. point, Braves went to Los Angeles. Yeah. Showed up the Dodgers in a couple of games. Ronald Acuna, Acuna stole his 40th base. I think it was mm-hmm. his 40th base. Yeah, yeah, in that park. The next fucking day. Freddie Freeman, a former Brave, current Dodger, and the Dodgers organization presented Ronald Acuna with that fucking base. Yes. And this is a team. These are two teams that consistently have gone against one another mm-hmm. and have not liked each other. Because yeah, yeah, they've been post... I mean, they're rivals in the regular season only in the sense that they see each other every now and then. But postseason, yeah. yes, season. they have become rivals in the postseason and the bitterest of them because like each one of them have cost them yep like the last game of the season like the world series 
Like, um, but they still manage to have respect for not just not just the, each other, but I feel like, and this is something I feel is a bigger conversation that a lot of people have, but they have it in the wrong way. Respect for the game, right? Like, that's yeah. respect for the game. Like, you can still shit talk. You can still do that. But don't do it. Don't ruin the sport when there's a moment. Like, pretty, like, like 40 stolen bases for Akuna. Like, that is a, that is a wild-ass like stat considering how many home runs he has. How oh, sorry, like, it how, was thirty. It was thirty. He hadn't got was, his fortieth yet. It was his thirtieth. Okay, so. thirty, thirty and forty, right? Like he's at, he, it's he's it was the first runs. like uh no no he's at like it, oh oh no he's yeah he's super forty something home runs forty yeah. yeah it was like the first part anyway no it was no I'm I'm sorry I'm he's at 30-something home runs. It was his 60th stolen base. That's what it was. So, yeah. anyway, it doesn't matter. Your point stands. Uh, uh, he broke a record, and they were like, this it, This is baseball. This is records. This is bigger than just the teams. Like, it, it's about honoring the sport and not ma- – not being petty. Like, the fans can be petty. I get that. But the organization to come out there and be petty? Like, come on, man. Yeah. He's, like, I mean, he's he's having, like, literally one of the best seasons that a ball player has ever had. Like, oh, stats yeah. that, like, like, his, like, he's hitting 330, 340. He's got close to 40 home runs he has 66 stolen bases yeah he has 200 hits yeah he just hit his 200 hit yeah yeah like almost 100 rbis this guy's gonna finish with 200 100 and probably uh 40 uh to 40 he'll be the first member of the 40 40 club which he's he's blown past uh 40 in one of those categories but he'll be the first member of the 40 40 club and I don't know how fucking how long. And I think only the fifth person overall. <laughs> yeah. So it that's insane, man. And yeah, like just don't go out there and be petty. You know, it, it's so ridiculous. Um, but uh going back to the NFL, I'm curious. What and I wasn't lying, what is your like after week one, what is your like storyline that you're like i i can't wait to see what happens next here like is Uh, it the jets without rogers is it the Bengals? like what the fuck is happening happening? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, can can fucking kansas city win without a kelsey boy like uh, what what the hell well, it's okay. So that's actually one of my favorite storylines is because it's been adjusted now. Can can Casey win with a distracted Travis Kelsey with a if it, the rumors are true that he's dating yeah. Taylor Swift? Because Taylor dating Taylor Swift as uh, as one of our favorites um, found out was a very it's a very very like Tom Hiddleston found out that it's a very full-time job to be taylor swift's bf uh boyfriend 
So, I mean, so much so that it lasted him, what, six months? So, and then Kelsey? I don't know, man. Like, Kelsey is very likable um, and very kind of, like, you know, but, like, a distraction like that, oh, I don't even know. Like, he looks like he's better. Um, they really do need Kelsey, though. Like, like, like if somebody told me, like, you know, I don't play fantasy anymore because it's just, it's too much. Um, I don't have that time with everything that I'm doing. Um, but I will say this much. Like, Kelsey is the case that... Gronk started, which is, is that tight ends are the new running backs of the NFL. Like they are the precious commodity that you need because they do so much. They like, I mean, they, they've taken the place of running backs, right? Um, Kelsey is like one of those ones that I'm super interested in um, because I like any kind of New York pain is a good pain. The giants and their paying of Daniel, whatever his name is. I can't remember Daniel I Jones, mean, Johnson. Like, you knew how mad I was about that. You, yeah. We talked about that when they gave him $160 million for nothing, for 16 fucking touchdowns. Like, it's the most gianty thing that they've done they in a while. They didn't fucking score. No. <laughs> Not a single, single. point. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, and worse, worse, they've now given Cowboys fans, like, a week one glimmer of, like, Oh shit, this is our year. And yep. I mean, they say that every year, but like to come out the gate and beat the Giants 40 to nothing is fucking crazy. <laughs> right? Like like I want like that narrative to me is the funny the funniest but also the the most interesting to me because you spent all this money on this white boy like, I'm going to be honest, like you spent all this money on this white boy. You didn't to to the, the to the chagrin of Saquon Barkley, who is really actually your real star. And you decided to build an offense around this this idiot. Like, I, I can't say anything more. He's an idiot, guys. Like, if you're a Giants fan, I would be I would be mad. I would oh, be yeah, really be mad livid. <laughs> because at no time. Did you give the ball to your real star? And guess what? I guarantee you somewhere along the line this season, Barkley is going to ask a friend. And guess what? You are going to have to acquiesce that. Because Why? Because you are, because the Maras are idiots. Because the Maras, the Maras who own the Giants are idiots. And they yeah. can't get their head out of their own asses. Because they want, like I said, like, there's no other thing. I can't, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, I was so mad. You remember, like, when, when they posted, I sent you so many things. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? Why are they doing this? This is stupid. The man scored 16 touchdowns. That's a, that's $10 million for every touchdown this season. If that was the case, do you know how much you'd have to pay somebody like Aaron Rodgers? $450 million. Yeah. Like, that's an elite quarterback. That's somebody who deserves the ump in his, like, you know, the respect behind his name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as much as we were trashing him, 100%. Yes, exactly. Like, the, the dude's skills and his his uh, record, and, it, like, it all speaks for itself. Like, exactly. you know, he, he's gone off the rails in the last, like, four or five years. But well, certainly, you know, yes. Peyote, 
Yeah. <laughs> when you when you when no one stops you, like here's the question I always have, which is this: if if a if another player that wasn't white, that wasn't Aaron Rodgers, decided to take like you know a psychotropic drug in the off season and he and promoted talk it, talk about it. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, yeah, uh, yeah, you got to sit down, man. Like, yeah, you or you don't have a career anymore. Like, yeah. like here's here's the thing that really bothers me is that like Ricky Williams, like all he did was smoke weed because he had major problems. He had major anxiety. He had major pain, and he wanted to go holistic. And they kicked him out of the NFL. Yeah, they kicked him out. And so much so that he had to give back his what he had to give back his his uh, Heisman Trophy. It, but go yeah. ahead. It, it, it's it's such a <laughs> fucked up double standard on things. It is like uh, <laughs> I I just don't understand it. But at the end of the day, like the Rogers thing, like the weirder part about that game, which nobody wanted to focus on was that the Jets actually pulled it out in fucking overtime. That my, so, uh, do you, I'm sure, you know, the, the story of the, the guy that owns the bar in green Bay. Yes. Yes. That was like, Hey, everybody drinks for free. If the Jets lose. Yeah. And so people like the minute Aaron Rodgers goes out, uh, people start like running up bar tabs, but then by the end of the night, it's just like, oh shit! Like this guy was like in a fuck Aaron Rodgers move. Like, hey, you can drink for free if we're kicking his if you know his ass is getting kicked. Yeah, and <laughs> the Jets came back and won it. Um, it, it's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. Can they do it with this kid, man? Like, well, if anything is proven last year, no. I yeah. mean, like, like, um, my favorite part about this is and they that play the Cowboys this week. <laughs> yes, a Cowboys team. Cowboys gonna have back to <laughs> Cowboys gonna have back to back kickings for the New York teams. The Cowboys fans are gonna be off their rocker, man. <laughs> they really are, and it's gonna be glorious because, like, to me, like my favorite part of of the NFL is the unreasonable, um, the, the, un, uh, the unrealistic like fandoms and just watching them blow up social media on things. Uh, I mean, especially, especially like, yeah. I think that other than maybe the New York teams and the Patriots uh, fans, like uh, Cowboy fans, I mean, we all know Cowboy fans are insufferable, right? I mean, I, I mean, I live with Bears fans one. can be pretty bad too. Oh Yes. Bears fans. I mean, I live with one, but like, she's not as like she's not a, a, a terrible fan. She's realistic about her. Like, she knows. I mean, haven't gone since what ninety four. Um, I mean, you know, but she's not a she's not a like you know like one of the worst kinds of uh, cowboy fans. She's very realistic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. Like they're over, like they're overcompensation of like you know winning the game. I mean, but then again, like if you think about it, it's kind of interesting to think about it. Like if my team did a shutout, forty-o shutout, I'd be fucking celebrating too. I'd be like, oh yeah, if, if, the, the if the Falcons had come in and shut out the Panthers forty to nothing, I would have been like, because like that's 
it's not as storied a rivalry, but that's the level yeah. of rivalry that those two teams have. Um, yeah. The Saints are way more storied with the Falcons, but no, it's definitely that kind of rivalry. And I would be like on cloud fucking nine, you know, but I also wouldn't be like, this is our year. This is our year. I'd be like, I'm still just like, we got a quarterback who only played four games, who made a lot, whose first fucking pass this year was a doink off somebody's helmet and he caught it himself. Like, yes. you know, Which I'm was, not. <laughs> if he had ran in for a touchdown, would he? I mean, it would have been great. It would have been the second guy to ever do that. The, the last guy to do that, the only other guy to do that would have been, uh, what's his name for the Titans that was their quarterback last year? Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and uh, the pass to himself for a touchdown, which like, is not the get, achievement you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> do you get? Do you get both the passing touchdown? Do you oh, get in fantasy, do you get the pass? You'd have to, right? In, yeah. in a fantasy league, you would have to. I at least I think that you would. Like, oh. I I don't know, man. Like it, like like it's funny to me to think that that that's something. Um, like that's something that has to be actually thought um but um yeah like i i just often wonder about that when i see when i see something like that happen right um but what's uh, crazy about week one is like if you'd have ran down the games for me and said what do you think is going to be the game like uh to watch not in a million years would i i've said the dolphins chargers game no, not at all. Too, too like. I mean, let's be honest. Like in recent years, two lame duck teams. Like you know, they like you know, San Diego was a part of the the Philly the or the um, Philip Rivers experiment that only worked once, and they kept on bringing them back and back and back. Um, and then the Dolphins. I mean, last year, like there was a reason why their their coach was vaping all the time because i mean they literally did not know how to get around themselves with Tua and these concussions that he was having yeah um but man talk about an electric like Tua versus Hibbert and it like you know i think that everybody would have chosen Hibbert and they kind of did and Hibbert like in true Hibbert fashion imploded like that's another one that i don't get like he's good on paper but when it counts, yeah. every time I've watched him, buckles. And he did. I mean, you know, but who I, knew? I really like Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins head coach. Like, yes. He is so, it, it, like, I, I make this joke all the time, but, like, it looks like he teaches middle school science. You he, know? It really does. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> and for him to just be out there, it's like this, you know, I'm not saying he is a nerd, but a nerdy looking dude, skinny, like just to be out there coaching and like doing what he's doing. You know, last year was mm-hmm. his first year as a head coach in the NFL. Um, yeah. He's been he's been bouncing around for 15 years. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I also don't think it's like i'm not a dolphins fan and i'm gonna be like this might be the dolphins year but like you know if that team can stay healthy like they can they might can make a run at it yeah they look really good 
I mean, they were they were close last year, right? I mean, yeah. like they they were very close, and you know, like what I okay, so like the overall narrative. Okay, so to go back to your original question of like what the narrative that I like the most is, um, or the thing that I'm watching the most, um, is this one this year. It's the rise of different teams. Like I'm very curious to see if momentum can be can be had. Like. The Lions haven't had a good year since Megatron was with them. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it might have been a one-off, but, man, these Lions, man, they're hungry. They're hungry. Like, you can tell. You yeah. can tell how desperate they are. Um, guys like that, are like like Jordan Love playing a ch- with a chip on his shoulder. Like, yeah, I'm better than Aaron Rodgers has been for the last two years, and you guys have been holding me back. I mean, literally – my team has a very specific narrative that constantly plays out, which is storied quarterback for 20 years leaves. The the understudy comes back and has such a bitter kind of like chip on their shoulder. It like bounces and jumps ahead of the line and becomes a superstar, goes to a Super Bowl, wins one Super Bowl, and then swirls the fucking drain for the next 15 years waiting and waiting for us to like do something. And it seems like that's what's happening right now in green Bay with Jordan um, chip on his shoulder. He's played. Yeah. Like, I, it makes me real nervous about tomorrow. Cause they're yeah, our game Falcons. is going to be fun. Our, our yeah. game is just going to be fun. Win lose. Like, and here's the thing. This is what I love so much about this year is, is that I'm just as nervous as you are because the birds could pull it off. Like, that's the crazy part is that this year I feel like, okay, well, we've set the table with certain expectations here, but we've also put a lot of things in play that shouldn't be in play, right? Like, like, and it could very well be that teams are just getting better and they're rising and they've finally have stacked their teams with not just good players, but good development and good coaches, like as I've gotten older, I've gotten to know more of the coaches now to understand. Like it's just like anything, right? Like when you're a kid, you you focus on the players and the stars. But as you get older, you begin to realize that because if you if you're a fan of teams and not players, te- players leave, right? I mean, more so now than any time before, the shifting of things happens a lot. Um, so you have to get to know the staff that's going to be there and it actually unlocks this, this very interesting, different level to NFL that it's like personnel is probably more important than players, because if you don't have good personnel, what's going to happen? Like, you're not going to go anywhere. Right. Like, uh, like the, like, like one of the bigger things that I found out, like when I was watching that giants game and like, I will say. It's probably a big thing is McCarthy doing the play calling again because Kellen, what was his name? Kellen, whatever, um, left him. But the thing was, was that I, I feel like Kellen was holding them back because his offense was so vanilla and so just kind of, and it was their defense that was always winning. Now you've got McCarthy who's known who's who had had the ear of Aaron Rodgers for what, 10 or 15 years. And then before that, a couple of years with, with Brett Favre. So of course you want him like like that makes sense to me to have him in the ear of Dak Prescott, 
who's basically the same quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is. It's just he keeps on getting hurt. Yeah. Um, and he's on the Dallas Cowboys, which, let's be honest. Um, but and, yeah. And, like, and honestly, that's one of the things that truly, truly helped the Cowboys is. Oh, yeah. Having somebody else doing that play calling, you know. Yeah. Um, Denver, like, what the hell's going to happen in Denver? Like, I I I I do not like um, Sean. I I don't like uh, Sean Payton. Yeah, Sean Sean Payton. Yeah, I want to call him Sean Hayes, but I know that that's the dude from (laughs) (laughs) Willie Grace. I Um, would pay money to watch Sean Hayes coach the Denver Broncos. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would buy season tickets. Could you um, imagine? That would be great, dude. Um, it, the the Green Bay uh, Atlanta game, though, the one thing I'll say is Desmond Ritter is a guy who, like, not that he doesn't want to start, but he was a guy that would that they basically had to turn to and go, "You think you're ready?" Whereas yeah. Jordan Love was a dude that sat and watched and waited and learned for five years and he was ready nobody had to ask him do you think you're ready he was ready he was ready two years ago Mm -hmm. you know he was you know definitely ready last year so he's like it's not he has a chip on his shoulder not because he has to prove himself but because he had to wait Whereas Desmond Ritter doesn't have a chip on his shoulder, but does have to prove itself. And that's what makes me nervous because one of those leads to mistakes (laughs) and it's not, not the guy that has the chip on the shoulder. You know, it can, he can come out there a little too cocky, but. And also like, I, I was going to ask you, how do you feel about playing our defense and secondary who got yeah. re-upped and there's a new, it's a new, it's new blood with veterans and yeah. healthy veterans. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a your, hell of a game, man. The Falcons defense looked really, really good last they week. Um, they they, they really let did. them get down the field a couple of times where I'm just like, come on, man. But they, they made so many key stops when it counted. And... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting if it winds up being a a big defensive battle against mm-hmm. these while you have these two basically rookie quarterbacks out there. Um yeah, it, it's it's going to be I'm with you. It's going to be a fun game. I hope it's it's that. I hope it's not a fucking Yeah. A blowout. Yeah, one one way or the other. The other. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see the Falcons win a game 40 to nothing. But uh, I also know that if they win a game like that 40 to nothing going into the next week, it's going to, like, they just, they don't do well when they don't have to fight. Like, just historically, they don't. So. No, they don't. And, and and also, they have a pretty tough schedule. Um, well, I mean, I was so I was looking at this going into the season. I was looking at yeah. everybody's schedules and being like, uh, who who?" Am I? But then after last week, I was like, "Well, I think everybody's schedule might be tough this year because it very it really seems like 
oh, what the fuck is going on kind of year. Like, we joked about it last week, that that commercial about, like, the NFL scripts are in. Like, what are we doing this season? Like, let's plan it out. Like, it's a funny commercial. But then after week one, I'm just like, I don't know if you could have written this. (laughs) No, you couldn't. You, You really couldn't. I mean... Like, okay, so, like, one of the weirder things that I feel like has uh, has happened was, why is Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay the most perfect Tampa Bay quarterback? But yeah. why is he, why in week one was, why did that happen? Like, literally, why did that happen? Like, there should be no way that the, the, the Bucks like, like, post, post, um, uh, whatchamacallit, post, um, post like Tom Brady era, there should be no reason why the Buccaneers are like have any kind of chances of of showing yeah. light, right? But they do. I mean, like, they're like, like Baker Mayfield is like, like he won against, he, like, like that's another thing. Like, anytime like the, the Vikings can have some pain. Um, anytime yeah. the Vikings have pain, I'm, I'm there for it. Even if it's at the, like, even if it's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I mean, damn, like, right. Like, like, yeah. I'm just like, how did that happen? Why did that happen? Um, <laughs> you know, Baker Mayfield, like, it's weird because it's like, I, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the Browns because we know that particular quarterback is trash and like, like he really shouldn't be playing like, you know, but I mean, the Browns keep on making bad, like for me, they keep on making bad decisions, right? But I mean, they they won against Cincinnati. Who, I mean, is it going to be three like a, points up? <laughs> I know, like it's it's insane, man. Right? Like, okay, so like, can I ask you something about that game? It's like, is this going to be the thing that happens to Sneaky Joe, which every the first couple of games? Like Burrow just does nothing, and then all of a sudden he wakes up. He gets like electroshock treatment, and he goes, "Oh, I'm Joe Burrow. I won. I, I won national championships with LSU." And then just starts to play again because right now he's looking like he's look he's not looking like Boomer. He's looking like um yeah. uh, good old Andy uh, <laughs> Dalton. Andy Dalton. Um, the redheaded stepchild. Um, I really don't like. I don't like. Andy yeah. I'm not um, a, <laughs> I'm not yeah. A I I don't know because. I yeah, I, I the Bengals are another franchise where I'm just like, I just feel bad for them, man. Like, mm-hmm. it really looked like they could have a run of a couple mm-hmm. of years of really good seasons, maybe not championships. But just really good season for a team that, you know, hasn't been able to put it together for a really long time. A really and, long time. I mean, like I said, since the Boomer era. Yeah. No, maybe. Before, I mean, like Dalton was there and they went, they, they were doing like 12 and four seasons, right? Yeah, it and then they were terrible. They, they had and, a couple they, of good kicked, years. Yeah, but they'd end up getting kicked out into the second round. Like they so. never got far. Um, you know, um, yeah, but like the, the team that I'm not looking forward to, because I think that they're, they're my teams, like 
they're my they're they're my team's Baba Yaga is uh, the rise of the Niners. Um, oh yeah, I worked with a Niners fan and oh like God. I've so back in the I've always had a love hate with the Niners because yeah uh, before the NFC South was a thing, the Falcons were mysteriously in the yes. same conference as the 49ers. It was the 49ers, the Saints, the Falcons, and somebody else, I think. But, uh, yeah, so, like, the Falcons had to play the 49ers and, and Steve Young and Joe Montana. Uh, yeah. And then twice, eventually Dion. Yeah, twice a year, you know. Yep. And so that that was just never fun because um, that, that team was so good for so long. And then they kind of, you know, stumbled around a little bit. And now mm -hmm. it looks like they're back. But, like, also, you know, they – they honestly, they should have won last year. Like, they should have – like, it's the worst. How do you burn through three quarterbacks? <laughs> well, and then you treat each quarterback except for last place uh, Brock Purdy – like they were redheaded stepchilds. Yeah, I mean, like, 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 literally, like they treat them like, like they're Brock's our guy. Brock's our guy. Yeah. Brock's our guy. Like, okay, I hope he is. I mean, but, so far so good, but mm. like, like the thing is, is that okay? So you didn't play a, you didn't play a like a super team. Let's see you play a super team again, and then we'll talk. Yeah, because like. They made it look. They made it almost look too easy. And the thing is, is that I don't know. Like, like I have a very big. I have I have huge questions about that organization, especially like. So you let Jimmy go, and then you trade Trey Lance, who would who you bet the farm. Like that's the thing I don't get is that yeah. you bet the farm on the dude. He's the number. He's the number three pick, and then next year you sell him for pennies on the dollar before yeah. your. Like now, this could turn out to be a Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady. That, yeah, right? it makes me really, really wonder what they saw to let him go like they did. Like, yeah, it felt like there's something there that people just don't know. Not like he's got dead bodies in his closet, but just yeah, like something with his work ethic or something that people just aren't aware of, and they're like, "Yeah, you're not our guy, man." You know. Yeah, it could very well be, or the system doesn't work. Like, yeah. like that's the thing is that like it makes me well. I mean, he's a very like from what I understand, like you know everything that I've seen about Trey Lance, he's a very dynamic quarterback, right? Out of the pocket, very much like Jordan Love, very much like Dak Prescott. So it makes sense that he goes to another system, but at the same time, if you spent that much, why were you trying to do round hole square peg? Right, like, yeah. wouldn't you redesign the like if you get that kind of quarterback that you put like you put that much faith into, you shift like to me you shift the you shift the program or you shift your coaching to fit the player because that's your investment, right? Yeah, I mean, you would have thought so with with, his, yeah. with the way they went after him, but yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. When Dak gets hurt in week five, 
Like, we yeah, always know. I was about to say, when Dak goes <laughs> down, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> see how all of that goes. So, yeah, there, yes. there's a lot of good stories going on um, in football right now. It's so – it's just – it's. I, I was having so much fun in the middle of Sunday last week watching yeah. all of these different games and then wound up, like, enraptured by that that Chargers Dolphins game, which also I know I texted you this, but what? Well, you said why the fuck do we have two teams? Yes, why does LA have two football teams? Um, second of all, if you're gonna have two football teams, you know the Jets colors are white and like that weird ass green, and the Giants yeah. colors are blue and red and white. Why the fuck are the Chargers colors? Blue and white and gold. And then the Rams colors. Blue and white and gold. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it doesn't seem like even that different shades of blue and gold. <laughs> or no. yellow. Really. No. It, um, <laughs> it looks like. Like if you're if you're an NBA fan. You know like there's a whole bunch of different. Uh, like throwback jerseys that they wear. Yeah. It literally could be a throwback jersey. Yeah. Either one of them. It's so bizarre to me. I'm like, why wouldn't you go with different color schemes? Like, you know, the like the old Rams, the um, uh, St. Louis Rams color scheme. Yeah, was blue and gold, but it was like that dark blue and like actual yes. gold, not like yellow. You know, like the Kurt Warner. Uh, yes. Years. The, the, yeah. The blue, blue, like the, yeah. the like the the deep blue, like the royal yeah. blue. Yeah, and to go with that, like, baby light blue and then a yellowish gold, and then mm -hmm. it's like, what? Uh, okay, because, <laughs> like, I would flip <laughs> it back and forth between the games, and I'm like, wait, what? The, their uniforms are the same. <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. Uh, but you, okay, so I want to thank <laughs> you. Like, me and my wife want to personally thank you for something, um, because... We didn't know that on YouTube TV you can watch as like you can watch up to four games now with the simulcast. Oh yeah, yeah. You, so like you sending us the screenshot of your big screen, like you know you you watching. <laughs> you were like, I want to do that. <laughs> I was like, like I looked at it and I was like, the fuck. Like, like, I, actually, I was like, I looked at it, I was like, the deuce you say, and my wife knows, like, when I say something like that, when I do something like that. It's like, okay, so what does somebody have that you don't have? Um, and I was like, look at this. I was like, she's like, I wonder if we can do it on YouTube. Like, she's like, she, she was like, I think I was reading someplace that you can do that now. And I was like, really? I'm like, okay, let's check it out. And sure as shit, like I said, I have to thank you. We have to thank you because at that point, and the nice thing is, is that you can change the audio. Yeah, you don't yeah. Have when to, you move over, it changes the audio. Yeah. Yeah. Which is super nice. Like, I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So I don't have to listen to Tony. I'm no. tired of listening to Tony. Yeah. Um, shut up, Tony. You didn't win a, like, <laughs> and of course, man. Okay. So actually my favorite narrative, and because like we talked, we, we talk about this. Like I even talked about it last week. My favorite part of, of the NFL season is getting ready to yell at Collinsworth, even though he cannot yeah, hear Oh me. my God. <laughs> And this year, this this week, he he went epic on this. Like 
And then I went into the comments like of different, like, you know, different postings from and uh, like from like, you know, NFLs and everybody was saying the same thing. Wow. You really do hate the Cowboys. Don't you? Yeah. You really thought that the you really thought that the giant, it was the giants year and you love Daniel Jones so fucking much that. Is that, that why they paid the him last, all that money? Was Chris Collins worth like, hey, I should pay this kid? <laughs> yeah, wait, I guarantee you. And then Tariko, who's usually the voice of reason, like, here's the thing. This would never have happened on Al, Mac- Al Michaels' watch. Al Michaels would have said at a certain point, you know what? No, Chris, no. This Dallas Cowboys team is riding these people and making them look like fools. They're fools. Uh, here's a guy like like that like Tariko adding on to the sauce mm-hmm. of like we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna defend the Giants during the smashing. Wow, that was unreal. Like yeah, I, I just sat there and I laughed. I I couldn't even listen to it at some point. Like I, I just you know <laughs> not only was it like it's not real. I was like well, this isn't really even fun. Um, but, uh, it, cause uh, honestly, it's two teams I don't really give a shit about, but uh, wa- yeah. like watching a game that isn't a game is just not, you know, it, it's so, so one-sided. And then listening to announcers basically defend the fact that one team hasn't scored a single point <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, shut up, man. Right? Like, yeah. just literally sitting there going, come on. I don't know who their game this week is. Who? Uh, uh, the Sunday night game. Giants? Oh, the Sunday night game? Oh, it's the, like, this one will be interesting to both of us uh, after the Miami win. Um, Miami versus uh, the Patriots. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's like, a, that might be a good game. I... Um, I think that it actually will be, especially because now the Dolphins have that whole thing of like, we're hungry, but also New England. I can only imagine like <laughs> Bill, like, I don't know what, like, I know what hurt Bill more is like, you know, because like <laughs> they were saying that he recently broke up with his, his like uh, trophy girlfriend, uh, you know, the oh, one that's yeah. like 40 years younger than him. Like he recently broke up with her. Like, I think he broke up with her and then he lost his first game. I'm fairly certain he's more mad about the losing of the first game, but angry Bill Belichick, it comes back and he's like, he's a really tough opponent. So like watching these two teams that have something to prove against one another, like prove in the second week, like I'm for, I feel like it's going to be like the kind of game, like the kind of Sunday night game that you go, why? Like this is a script. Like going back to the whole joke of it's a script. Like how do you how do you manage that? Like how do you manage to make me care about this this Sunday night game that if two weeks ago I would have saw, I was like, no, I don't want to watch that game. Why do I care about the Dolphins and the Patriots? Yeah. Now I do. Now I do. I mean, uh, they got they've they've got I, just as good. So Go can you explain to me why there are two Monday night football games at the same time? Um, so every year they have, they have this thing where they do it and I can't, last year they did it and it was for the, it was for the teams that were playing in the UK. 
when they did the UK games because okay. it allowed them more time because they 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 always play those games like Sunday morning at like 9 a.m. or whatever it is. And they usually do it for that to make up for those two teams that are playing that they want them to be able to like have as much rest as humanly possible. So they put them on the Monday night games. But there were no UK games. The, the UK games don't usually happen until like November the, the Falcon, or something like The that. Falcons are one of them. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. The, so it's um, the Falcons and the uh, Jaguars, I think. Okay. Um, or is it the Ravens? Because I know the Ravens are usually the UK's team. Like, they, they've they've often talked about that. But, okay. You know? No, uh, no absolutely. I, Disney Plus is doing a... Yes. A weird, like... It's a simul... It's a, an animated simulcast of yeah. the game yes. as it airs. And I'm just like, Okay. okay. <laughs> Well, okay, so, but have you heard recently about the other one that's happening with the Toy Story thing? Yeah. Oh, is that the thing that you're talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking okay. about. The Toy it's Story not, okay. animated whatever. I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a simulcast. I think, wait, it is. Oh, shit, it is. I don't know how they're doing that, but okay. Um, yeah, October it's, 1st, it's Falcons, Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, eighth, it's uh, Jaguars, Bills, and I guess the Jaguars are just staying there for three weeks. Uh, and then the 15th, it's the Ravens and the Titans. So they're doing three this year. I think they only had two last year, they might have had three last year. So, okay, um, oh, there's five international games. So there's three in Whoa. the UK. I guess there's one in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh no, there's two in Germany. Dolphins oh, wow. Chiefs. Dolphins Chiefs. November fifth in Germany. Uh, Colts Patriots. Uh, on November twelfth in Germany. So, oh wow! And they're not doing a Mexico City game this year. No, I guess like, not. That's odd. Oh, that's odd yeah. because, like, I know that that Raiders game was fucking wild for them. They, they it was like a wild success because just because of how how big um, it was for them in yeah. uh, in Mexico, like how big football has become in Mexico. Um, I, I was going to ask you, like, we can close. I think that we can possibly close out the NFL talk with this. Um, do you think that the NFL is going to be the first? league that does a um that that does an international team because i'm i'm waiting for it like i feel like it's either them or the nba that have that could possibly do something outside of the united states and not canada but i feel like football might be like the best case for like say the ravens going to the uk and becoming their team because i've what i've heard they are the like unofficial home team of the UK. Um, what do you think? Like, do you think that they're the chance? They're I the mean, people that could it do would it? be it would be really really interesting schedule wise. Like, yes, I think right? you actually have to lose the extra game that they added, keep yes. the extra bye week, and possibly have uh, another like midweek game or something. 
like maybe a Wednesday or a Tuesday game or okay. something like that, um, just to make up the for the the jet lag and stuff. Um, yeah, that yeah, it'd be really really interesting to see how they they could manage that. Um, yeah, if if it were all. Uh, North and South America, I'd say, oh yeah, that I could see that. But a UK component there would be really, really interesting. Um, yeah, I can understand the NFL trying to make a bid to to like lean into the the uh, European uh, football or soccer, as we call it. Fandom. Um, yeah. Trying to to capture some of that audience, but mm-hmm. I, it might be a bit of an overreach. So yeah, you know, it's kind of like, like like Disney going to the UK and building a <laughs> castle, and then the Eddie is our joke is, uh, yeah, but better build them a bit bigger. We actually have castles here, <laughs> so <laughs> like we we actually have massive massive amounts of you know, uh, sports fandom here already. So yes. like, you know, thinking you're going to go over there and get the, the fandom when you're just over there a couple of times a year. I don't know that, you know, and I, I know this is them testing the market. I just don't know if they're, they're gonna, they're gonna get, I think the better idea is to, play those games, get people interested, and capture the TV market. That is one of the smarter things I've heard somebody say. Like, that's actually, that's actually, like, a great idea because they, they've done it with MLS, or they've done it with World Cup here, right? To a certain right. extent. They, right. They it's not as big market. as it is everywhere else, but they, they have, like, I, I know people who are fans of you know, foreign teams. Yeah. When yeah. it comes to the world cup. Yeah. Well, okay. So can I give you something that I feel like is, <laughs> I feel, okay. So this is my hot take about, about soccer and people that like world cup um, that aren't sports fans is that they're so desperate to love a sport, but hate the sports that we love that yeah. they can't, they have no other choice than to like football and be the, but everybody that I know that likes football, not football, or soccer are the biggest stat and historical nerds in the world. Like they know more about they know more about MLS and actual like Premier League and Euro League football than I do about NBA and NFL combined. And I'm mm. pretty good. I, I'm pretty good at it. Like, but it's always those people that you go, man, yeah. you talk about how much you hate football. And how much you hate basketball and how much you hate baseball, but you're here loving the MLS, loving soccer. Oh, okay. I see how it is. Okay. That that's you know. uh it's a good segue to bring up. Hey, uh, Welcome to Wrexham is back. And if you're not wa- yes. watching Welcome to Wrexham, holy shit, what a good show. Um, did you watch the first season? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I, I finally got to it and um my wife doesn't like it. So like I watched it on my own. It took me a long time just because it was like, you know, we watch stuff together. I watch stuff for the site. So it, it was like a morning show for me. 
um, where I could just kind of watch it in the morning, um, drink a cup of coffee and like, kind of like, just kind of like inactively watch it. It's a great show. Like, I don't know whether like your mileage is going to depend on how much you like on not even how much you like soccer, but just how much you like going off on tangents, which I love. And you know, I love, I, um, yeah, I, I, the most enjoyable thing for me wound up being, uh, and, and I'm not, not surprised by it, but it did wind up being the stories of the people, not the, Rob McElhaney yes. and, uh, um, uh, Brian Reynolds, Brian Reynolds. Deadpool. Uh, just call him Deadpool now. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it was just like the guy that runs the bar outside the stadium and like just the, the, the maintenance guys. Yeah, like all of that. Yeah. Um. I mean, that I really, really got into that and just the story of the town and. So I was worried when I found out there was going to, I was like, oh, they're doing another season. I was like, oh, this is going to be like, they're going to lose the, that narrative. You know, it's mm-hmm. going to be more focused on uh, Rob and Ryan. And I mean, it does have a little of that in the first episode. I will say this, this, I, I generally think Rob McElhaney is fine, but this show is making me not like him. <laughs> Oh my God! Can I just okay? <laughs> like he really is his—he really is his like, sunny. You character. are Philadelphia, man. <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ! Like, like I understand why they're friends, but man, like I—I I don't like him. I just don't like him. Like, like it, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, what is it? Like, what? Like. Like literally, I'm like, you are your sunny. It's always sunny character. Like, there's no, which yeah. really scares me because if that means that they're just kind of shades of their characters, like Charlie Day has got to be a like a weird psychotic. Like, like I mean, that's all I'm he going might to say. Be, though. <laughs> like he kind of <laughs> like looks the. Um, so did, uh, I'm guessing you haven't had time to watch the season premiere. No, I have not. Unfortunately, so, I have not. It is on my list. I mean, when you said it. It made me a little pained that I hadn't, I hadn't like realized it. I mean, but then this is the guy that's also only two episodes into Justified, and he and Justified is one of his favorite shows of all time. Yeah. So uh, just yeah, Justified's so good. Uh, it, it it it's so good. Um, what oh what I have caught up on, and we already talked about it last week, but I wasn't fully caught up. Was Only Murderers. Oh, um, yeah, my family. so good, man. <sighs> Meryl Streep is just, I mean, she's Meryl Streep, but like. Yeah. So Give it, her the Emmy. It's, and I, I guess we kind of sort of talked about this last week, but like, she's, she's so great. But like, one of the things that makes her so great is that she's not, not the. The Pacino, like, give me the mic and I'm going to do, I'll show you how yeah. it's done. It's the, I'm going to let everybody else breathe too, you know, or like, mm-hmm. I'm going to let everybody else eat too. Like, she knows when it's not necessarily her moment. And she also knows when to share them. I can't imagine another actor, uh, There, there's that uh, scene where 
she sings the the solo oh, um yeah. and uh that other actress like comes up and kind of overshadows her yeah i can't imagine too many actors who are just okay now i get why it's there for the story mm-hmm. but like so many p- actors would just be like, I, like I'm shining in this moment. And then you're forcing me to like, give it to somebody else, like an ego thing. Like they, they wouldn't yeah. want that. And like for her to just stand there and let this, this other lady just step in and try to st- not steal it. Cause she's not going to steal it, but try to steal it. Like yes. it's so like, she's just so good. Um, she- she really is like that moment like i still i still want a whole entire episode with them doing the show yeah me um, too. more even more so now um, so you watch this week's matthew fucking broderick <laughs> <laughs> and mel motherfucking brooks oh like, what a you, cameo you were, man you know, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was I, so good. <laughs> oh, hold on. Before we get too far away from the Rex and uh-huh. thing, I wanted to briefly, the, the premiere, and this and this isn't really spoilers, um, mm-hmm. but the premiere opens with them finding out that, because uh, they're making this bid to get some money to improve the stadium. That was part of yes. last season. And the king, the newly crowned king of England, is coming to visit the team. Oh no! Are you kidding me, dude? Yeah, like, do we that's what see, that's what happens in see, the first episode. So, do we see Chuck? Like, please, like at least tell me. No, no I don't want to know. I don't uh, want to. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there was such a there was such a great always sunny joke made. Uh-huh. I cannot wait for you to watch it. Um. Anyway, okay. back to only murders. Um. Yeah, well, like what uh what an episode that was to just for everybody, but yeah. to have happened on the heel like it's the kind of thing that makes me think like was this planted to happen on the heels of some fuckwit publishing an article for some major publication about how Martin Short isn't funny, and we've let him go on for far too long. It needs oh to my stop. God. Fuck Ugh. you, dude. Yes. Like, really? Like, like, how do you even... Okay, so, like, first off, how do you even come up with that? Like, where is... Like, that is the... That's not even it's a hot baffling. take. That's just stupid. Do that's I think stupid. everything Martin Short has ever done is funny? No. Yeah. Some of that stuff, I'm just like, that's... Like uh, Ed Grimley, I I just I never thought Ed Grimley was funny. I know people that think <laughs> it's funny, but you know what? I didn't fucking think Pee Wee Herman was funny either. But that don't mean I don't think Paul Rubens isn't a funny guy. Just like yeah. eh, that's not really my thing, but a lot of people like it. So like I'm not gonna fucking run out on a definitely not after he passed away, but I'm not gonna run out there and be like Paul Rubens' stick is not funny and we've allowed it to go on for too long. No man, like. Yeah, okay, if you don't like certain things. But, I mean, I'm sorry. Have you never seen Three Amigos? Seriously. Like, 
Have you not seen his work on Saturday Night Live? Have you not seen um, like any number of like? Well, I I mean, Pure Luck is like you know, it's a special movie. But uh, I mean, there's so much to Martin Short beyond just like uh, the, I don't know, the, like he's just the one he made with um, Dennis Quaid. Uh, inner space, inner space. Oh my god, inner space. Like when, like uh, when, uh, literally the direction for him in most of inner space is there's a dude in a little thing like floating around, like messing with your nervous system and shit. And so you have to act like certain spazzy ways. And like, like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, man, you know, and. Like the the father of the bride thing. Like, okay, I the I I don't think I've seen the sequels. The first one I thought was really good. The you know with Steve Martin, I mm-hmm. think he's fun. I think he's fine. Maybe they went to the well too often because I know he's in the two sequels. But like, no, uh, like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> that you? I I get everything he's done hasn't been for you, but. No, like he's funny, man. No, absolutely. Like, um, I mean, like, I don't even know, dude. Like, I can't. <laughs> Uncle Jack I... and Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I like it's so stupid to me to think that somebody would actually say that. That I'm just like, uh, no, you're 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 fucking dumb. Like, don't even talk to me. Like. You obviously don't know comedy. Like, if you can't even appreciate what he's done, then I don't even want to. Like, I don't. I don't even think that it's worth like worth reading. Like, I I don't know. Like, I hold him in the same regard that I hold Eugene Levy, Steve Martin, um, Mel Brooks. Like, there's a certain. There's a certain like. Th- there's a certain like power to somebody who can who is like as old as my dad and has managed to traverse four decades of comedy and it's changing of the guard and what's popular and has remained relevant for 40 to 50 fucking years that that's nuts that is nuts to me and you have to put name you have to put respect on his name especially because only murders in the building. He's fucking hilarious. He's yeah. hilarious. I, and like I, I said, I, I agree. I, I've not liked everything he's ever done, but yeah, I, I, I still can look at him and go, like I, I'm with you. Like there's some unsung stuff there, like Pure Luck and Three Fugitives, um, uh, Clifford, <laughs> which is a which is a terrorist, an act of terror. Yeah. Um, so it's it's if you're if you're into it. If you vibe with Clifford, yeah. it's like a hilarious. The Watching him literally fucking torture, torture Charles Grodin. <laughs> yes. Back when Charles Grodin, like, okay, so if you want to talk about unfunny people, or like people who have become unfunny, you kind of talk about somebody like Charles Grodin, who was super funny and super had a stick, but then it was just an era. I mean, hell, Captain Ron and the big picture are two like some of my favorite comedies like no yeah. one i mean no one watches like no one watches captain ron for martin short but captain ron doesn't work without martin short's like certain specificity there as the dad right like yeah. i don't know 
I don't know, man. Like, there's just a lot of good stuff. Like, within his stuff, like, within his, like, you know, within his career. And also, like, just supporting roles. Like, just going through and, like... He, he's got, a, a like, a three or four episode arc on How I Met Your Mother. Where he plays yes. uh, Marshall's boss. Who's, like, this environmentalist. But, like, he's an environmentalist who realizes it's far too late. And so, fuck it. Like, it, and it's so weird but like funny and and yeah i don't like and so for that article to come out and then this week's episode to air i was like this could not be better timing because like yes matthew broderick is great for willing being willing to step in and have himself made fun of but martin short is it's like it's like that uh so in in the animated Robin Hood uh there's that uh arrow competition where you know he yes. shoots the arrow and then he shoots another one like splits it and like does all the trick shot shit that's Martin Short like yes it's great that he's willing Broderick's willing to stand there and be made fun of but Martin Short is like throwing fucking daggers at this guy like just shot after shot after shot just (laughs) it's so great to watch (laughs) yeah no it really is it's like i don't even uh, yeah like the like i said i think last week like when this ends it's gonna be something very special it's gonna be a little sad but we're going to look back on this and like see that this is like the last like this will probably be the last big stand of um um of these two guys of Martin yeah. Short and Steve Martin um and their collaborations throughout the years um you know and i mean you know like like you, like you know much to what you've ever like you always add in the kicker i mean He's in Bojo, uh, Bojack Horseman. Like yeah. anybody who's in that, literally, kind of gets like the shield of you can't touch him because that show is so kind of like special in a weird in a weird way that only that show is special, right? Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know, man. Like it's just like, <sighs> yeah. I mean, like it, it it is kind of like prescient kind of perfectness, right? Like, uh, just, just go, go ahead and do it. Like, you know, like, you know, go ahead and say your bullshit because it's wrong, you know, and and he's going to show you why it's wrong. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely. And and good on him for like being too dignified to even fucking respond. Like, you know, cause you know, it got back to him. Oh, absolutely. So many people are like, wait, what? (laughs) Mm hmm. Like, yeah. And part of it is that it's uncomfortable and that he's unlike, like, that's a big thing. Oliver is an unlikable guy. Yes. That's no ever part of that. the thing exactly. is that he's not really a likable dude. And, you know, these people kind of accept him for his like egomaniacal shittiness anyway. Yep. You know, 
It, it, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, Th- this season's been really, really good. Su- surprisingly so. Um, I'm glad we finally yeah. got back to at least one of the other characters in the building. Um, yes, which is and, super interesting, right? Yeah, finding out she's a kleptomaniac. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. You know, uh, it add it, it's it's an interesting way to add a wrinkle to the plot point that you introduce early on about the handkerchief. You know, exactly. Like mm-hmm. it's very very interesting. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I am I'm loving this season. Uh, I mean, sadly, it's been a fairly good like summer TV season. And we're heading into a fall where we're not going to have much of anything. Like, we have some animated shows because those have been done. Yep. Um, you they, know. They they moved, like, the first still we, the first still we get from Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, Donald Glover's uh, newest TV project, um, is uh, along with a caveat that it's not going to be out until sometime in 2024, the, the first yeah. part of 2024, even though it was scheduled for November, which means that they already are buckling down for more of the strike. And like, I mean, like how much money did Warner brothers say they lost or were projected to lose million, $500 million. And that's just so, Warner brothers. That's just Warner brothers. And like that tells you like, yeah, the I, only I fucking understand. people coming out ahead in this is Netflix. Yep. Because realistically, they're, they're now not only that they're now going to get, but they have tons of content. Um, yep. They have tons of content we haven't even seen, and now they're going to get shows for pennies, so yep. that these studios can make some kind of money. Like all because they don't want to. They don't want to pay writers in. in and craftspeople. Yeah. And I mean, they just Netflix has it, turned it, into the fucking Sheev Palpatine of the streaming universe. <laughs> Real, like, realistically, these yes. motherfuckers are playing it from both sides and just being like, we're innocent here. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, like, the. Like, the, motherfucker, but, you started this. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? Like, that's what, that's what tech, tech company, like, like this is what happens when you accept Silicon Valley money, right? Like, like everybody was happy to take it, but nobody wanted to think about what happened to the music industry and how they're still recovering from from having tech and so yeah. and like having tech be a partner in their lives. Like, you know, disruption. Like, I love how like these billionaire tech fuckers like love to use disruption as a word all it means is that you're a cancer that that has gotten its paws into something that it shouldn't like you know i i just don't like it's just it's one of those things that it just leaves me with just a just kind of disgusted like kind of like they're like you know in a perfect world you know netflix would just die but it's not gonna die it's going to stay around a lot longer than we both know a lot longer than um, a lot longer than these studios now. Like how long is it before Zazzy sells off uh, Warner Brothers? Discovery I mean, somebody to, just made a bid for uh, uh, 
uh, ABC. ABC. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, grab ABC the... out from under Disney. Yep. So which I mean, like, could happen. Can all things yeah. considered? Exactly. No, it could. You know? But I mean, which, yeah, like, that's I, not necessarily a bad thing. Like, no, it isn't. Know? Like, Bre- no, no, breaking I up mean, these these conglomerations no. into to separate. Uh, it can lead to some chaos, but um, it, it's definitely not necessarily a bad thing. If Zaslav were to sell off Warner Brothers entirely, as long as it weren't to somebody, well, I'm maybe selling it to Disney wouldn't be the worst thing. Because uh, at least Disney has a a thought process of like, our history matters, unless yeah. it's Song of the South. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> they at least acknowledge that. Whereas Zaslav seems to be like, I don't know, nobody watches that shit. Dump it. <laughs> um, but, but my favorite know. part, just a side, a side note, like to like, you know, they they want to ignore it, but I guarantee you that there is a 4K remaster of Song of the South, pristine. Fully restored. Oh, somewhere. Oh, like <laughs> we won't that, ever see it. <laughs> no, we won't see it. We'll never see it. Um, unless some crafty hacker manages to get it and just like unleash it into the world, which would be yeah. hilarious to me. Um, but but it, it, it's funny to me that like you know the like the black eyes of like the the bruises and bumps and all of that stuff, it's still there and it's pristinely taken care of. It's just that we'll never see it. Yeah. Um, which I always find humor is it's like, it's like, you, you know, we, we don't want to release the, the neutron bomb, but we still keep it in order, Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's very well maintained. We're not going to use it. You're never going to see it, but just know it's well maintained. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so you want to spend a few minutes talking about, uh, Ahsoka? <laughs> sure. Um, sure. Um, so, I haven't heard your thoughts on it. Um, I would like to know what you thought of the Shadow Warrior. So, I, I'm I've got a hot take. Okay, and on, it's only that I'm conflicted. Okay, I really, I I go back and forth. Either this is my favorite episode of the show so far. Or it's mm-hmm. my least favorite episode of the show so far. Okay. Now, that, okay, so, like, with that, I, okay, so I would like to know what what makes it your least favorite episode. There's a lot of questions that this now brings up that we don't have answers for, and I don't know that we can ever get answers for. Definitely can't get answers for it in this season. Um, Was she actually in the world between worlds? Was that Anakin? Um, Was this just some kind of weird dream thing of like, Mm -hmm. I'm dying and this is like the last thoughts of a dying person? there's it's a lot of that but mm-hmm. here's the thing all of that is really fucking good it's really, really good 
But <laughs> now I'm just, and, and I appreciate that I don't have all the answers. Uh-huh. I can absolutely appreciate that. It's just that my concern gets to, like, well, are we going to get answers? Are we going to see the world between worlds? Are we going to find Thrawn and Ezra? Are is like, are we going to find out that Ezra's already dead? Like, I don't, I de- didn't love her unknowingness of like, well, where are they going to take us? I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. Like, I would have preferred an, a firm answer of like, I'm talking to the Purgle. I'm able to communicate with them. They can track where that ship went, you know, like all those firm things. Uh, if only because we have episodes left. If mm-hmm. this were, uh, honestly, I would be less upset if this were Ahsoka's right off into the sunset of like, well, where are we going next? I don't know. I guess we'll see. And like, we don't know if we'll ever see Ahsoka again. That I'm I'm okay with that and ambiguity. It's the ambiguity, knowing that we have two episodes left, that makes me go. It it makes me a little cynical, you know. Okay. It, it's kind of like Peter dying in Infinity War and knowing that not only is Endgame coming next year, but also there's another Spider-Man movie coming next year, and <laughs> I'm like, everybody's like Peter's death, and I'm like did absolutely nothing for me really because i knew of all the characters i'm like well he's definitely coming back you know it it, it's uh, some of the other deaths that rock me harder you know uh Mm -hmm. loki's death um you know black widow's death uh like all of that gamora's death uh all of that rocks me way harder than peter turn into dust you know <laughs> well yeah i mean because like and also because i mean like let's be honest like about that side conversation is that they like that version of them are, are dead right like yeah. you can't you can't go back like the yeah. loki that we have now is and i tried to explain now. that to somebody the other day and um i was like this is making my head hurt man like i really can't explain this to you Loki is dead. This is not that Loki. This is no. the Loki from the first Avengers movie. Yes. So now he's who's, a different Loki. <laughs> a completely different Loki who's gone through a different experience and now has come out the other end a different person. Like a different person that had to reconcile with the fact that he died. Yeah. And the fact that his mother died and like but in a completely different way than the than Loki 1.0, the the a 616 Loki, because he's not yeah. a 616 Loki, right? Um, the same way that Gamora is not 616 Gamora because she died. Which, which uh, is what is one of the more perfect things about Guardians 3 is, like, yes. not just saying, oh, she's different, and then kind of making her the same, literally making her a different character. And having exactly. her have to have that fight with Peter. Um, yep. But anyway, we're talking about Ahsoka. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, th- yep. this... Uh, I, I love every single part of this episode. It's It makes me wish the prequels 
especially Attack of the Clones, um, have been directed by anybody but George Lucas. Um, Like, Revenge of the Sith is okay, only in the sense that that movie hits the ground and it's just go, 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 go. Like, it just, like, I've said it before, Revenge of the Sith happens, is is a, like a movie that happens over four months, but it feels like it happens in a weekend because everything is going so fast, you know? Yeah. No, you're, you're right. You're, you're very right. It might right. not be like, four months, but it's, it's like a couple of months because at the beginning she's pregnant and by the end she's like clearly pregnant. <laughs> Um, yes. so it, it, it's a couple of months, um, period. Um, and, but it feels like it happens in 24 or 48 hours. Um, whereas attack of the clones has very, is very like more methodically paced and has these slower intimate moments that he does not know how to fucking direct. And Dave, I feel like does because there's a good mix of that in this episode of like these small personal moments that transition from our two more exciting things uh between anakin and ahsoka and uh ariana greenblatt man fucking yeah one to watch yeah she she is definitely like you know I mean, back to the whole Marvel of the situation. I mean, she played young Gamora. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we really actually had a conversation about her and everything that she's been in. I mean, she was just recently in this summer's Barbie, uh, playing the main teen character. Um, and was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Who is actually, I didn't realize this, like, I think I read a couple of weeks ago, that all of those characters that confront Barbie are actually based on the Bratz. Huh. Yeah, right? But it makes interesting, right? Because then if you look at them again, they are the brats. They yeah. are literally dressed like all of the brats. And they all have the same names as including her at, as one of the brats. And so basically she's in all three major roles or all four major roles that she's played. She's played iconic versions of characters that are from existing IP. It's very strange, right? Like, she, I mean, like you told me and I didn't even realize that she was in Scoob playing Velma. Yeah. Like that blew my mind. Yeah. Um, so she she is fantastic. Like, um Yeah, give me young Ahsoka, man. Seriously, like, like, can we have a Clone Wars live action show? Like, so I really kind of <laughs> it, it the this episode also did something else for me. And uh like it it helped listening to uh the Ringerverse and hearing those guys also like uh, kind of say the same thing. Mm-hmm. We watched Ahsoka grow up in an animated form in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Seeing a very much a 14 year old girl mm-hmm. run into battle in live action really puts into perspective like you know what was this okay? Like, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's so problematic and just adds to the, you know, people want to give Ryan Johnson shit. And I, you know, I, 
I don't think The Last Jedi has aged as well as I hoped it would, but that's also yeah. because it's bookended by things that definitely didn't age well. Um, mm-hmm. But Luke Skywalker saying the Jedi need to be over, like, Dave is doing the work of exactly proving that fact. Yep. <laughs> that No, absolutely. That way of doing things. Like, I, it doesn't matter that it existed, quote, just fine for however many years. It's just not okay. It's not okay to pull kids away from their families. It's not okay to have 14-year-olds running into battle. Like, you know, and it, it's it's a different story when it's like, I mean, it's similar, but like we, you had kids faking their age in World War II to sign up to go mm-hmm. over there and fight. Um, I mean, I, I mean, more to the point, a, Russians, Russians actually had fourteen-year-olds fighting. Yeah, it's like, really different when you co-opt them into the war, though. Exactly. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. Like when they when they actually, yeah. Like it's it's wild. Yeah. It's like, one thing when you're on a farm and there's an invading force and you're 14 and you pick up a gun and you fight. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other thing when they're like, oh, uh, you, you know, we brought you in to be a Padawan or, you know, to train as a Jedi. And da, da, da. oh, also now now we're in the middle of a war. So here's your gun. Let's go like that. That's yeah. just that's a totally different thing. You know? A conscription, like, you know, conscripting somebody into an army as a child. Um, wild. Like, but we never asked these questions because, like, you were saying more to the finer point is it was animated. Like, there's a disassociation that yeah. our brain does, which it doesn't, like, like I told you, before, like, I, I, like, my reaction to it was, um, was a little, like, just slightly different than yours. Um like the bigger thing that I had, like more than anything, the biggest like reaction I had was I didn't know I needed what Dave had planned to do with this episode. I thought that it was going to be a certain something, but it wasn't that. It wasn't even close to that. What we got was exactly what we needed because when if you're going to do something like that, there's questions that are going to be prompted. He's asking those questions, right? Yep. And he, like for right now, he's letting us answer that for ourselves, like as the way that I don't think that like, so I feel like the biggest crux of this, this show and now having seen episode five and we're three left, we don't have two, thank God we have three, right? Um, we have three episodes left, six, seven, and eight. Um, but here's the thing. The thing that I didn't realize what Ahsoka is about, is it about, it's about Ahsoka. And it's also about, like, w- at least with episode five, which is making, like, which makes, for me, clarity in regards to what the, what the show is about, which is, is that the relation, like, the, the Jedi relationship between student and master and how that is not a substitute for a parent yeah. or moral guidance. Because that's exactly what this show is about. Because, like, it's it's coming to terms. Like, Ahsoka is, like, I finally see it. Ahsoka is trying to come to terms 
with her being a weapon and her not being able to properly train anybody as the way of in the ways the Jedi like a Jedi is supposed to do because that is part of their culture is passing it down like student to master or or, or I'm sorry um, master to student right and then the cycle begins again but the thing is is that she cannot she cannot teach because she was never taught how to teach because her time as a Jedi was as a weapon and nothing more Right. And and also under the guidance of somebody who basically was given Jedi knighthood as an afterthought. Yes. And not and not like, you know, and to (laughs) and to one of my like, okay, so like I've never told anybody this and I'll say it on here. The the Jedi that I hate or the Jedi that I like the least is Mace Windu. I've never believed anything he said. I don't, I think that he is the worst of all the Jedis because he is so dogmatic. But to a point, he, through the whole entire thing, was like, this boy ain't right. This kid ain't right. We can't, yeah. we can't train him. We shouldn't train him. And through every step of the way until the very end, when he could have, when he could have done something very different, he stayed on that dogmatic path, right? Like he really did. Like he's, I blame him. For, for the moment that could have changed, right? Um, but anyways, that's that's neither here nor there. But the thing is, is that every Jedi is the same kind of weird dogmatic thing of we got to go with the plan, the plan, the plan. And like you said, like he got knighthood when he shouldn't have, and the only dissenting rank or the only dissenting person was the most dogmatic of them, and they didn't even listen to him. And then he did his part. It's just like what I love is like in this era, we're showing the cracks in the Jedi Order, the things that we always knew, but we could never say and we never I mean, wanted to say because they were supposed to be the good guys. And they, they were there in the prequels. People, I get really frustrated when people want it to be like so black and white. And yes. I'm like, but it's not. Like it never was, man. Like you think it was in. And this is what, you know, so am I George Lucas a genius? He's not the best director, but so (laughs) you get the original films and it feels like the Jedi should have been black and white, like the empire's evil. Mm -hmm. But then like you get to the prequels and none of it is that black and white, but it's very like we hear people now talk about, the war, like World War Two, and like it's a black and white scenario. Like yeah. they were evil, we were good. But then, like you watch a movie like Oppenheimer, and it's like, but no, that's not true. Like it wasn't just a matter of right and wrong, because a mm-hmm. lot of the people that were quote on the right side are doing very wrong things. Exactly. And it's exactly. not black and white, you know. Yeah. I, I I take a lot of flack from, especially Jacob and Spencer, for my constant. It it I do lean into it, but my constant like Obi Wan is a toxic individual. Oh, He's he is toxic. <laughs> he lies about <laughs> shit he shouldn't lie about. He makes things up. He like 
he's just just toxic and not intentionally not um sometimes not sometimes sometimes it's intentional uh but not not with any kind of real malice just he thought he was do what he thought everything was doing was for the right reason but he was Mm -hmm. doing the wrong things and it's just like it's not really okay to lie to your to this kid about any of this shit man like you should have been up front with him uh, but like he he does it a- across the board the jedi did it across the board and like george planted the seeds of like the jedi didn't lose because evil was more powerful mm-hmm. the jedi lost because they were too rigid too caught up in their own bullshit yes to see what was clearly sitting in front of them you know and Balian says that Balian yeah. has said that in episode four like he makes that point and it's a salient point like and there's a difference between like and what i love here is that they are making cases for what are force users and what are jedi mm-hmm. and to be quite honest, it's weird and wild for me to watch this and go, Jedi's are zealots. Force user, like if we're looking at this from a religion, right? Yeah. Like the Jedi are like those cult members that you look at and go, wow, they're they're, they're kind of scary. Um, and force users are just using the force in which in what way that they're it's meant that, to use it. It's that democratization of the force that Ryan Johnson kind of was on about in the last Mm -hmm. jedi which a lot of people didn't like but again i will point to that doesn't come from ryan johnson that comes (laughs) from george lucas yeah like that starts in the clone wars like on screen in the clone wars we see Force users who don't even know they're using the force, like the witches of Dathomir. Yeah, like and they that's don't even what they're it. tapping into. They don't call it the force. They the, force. like, but that's what they're doing. Yep. You know, no, just because you want to call it something else, that's fine. Like, call it the force. Mm-hmm. Call it, you know, whatever you want. But, like, we're all tapping into. They're all tapping into that same energy. And, like, I'm sure the witches of Dathomir had their own dogmatic bullshit. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it it's just, yeah, it, it, it's, it's all of that. And watching Ahsoka come to terms with some of those things and try to deal with... So one of the, one of the things I've been critical of is I love Rosario Dawson. I've mm-hmm. not loved her performance as Ahsoka. So it's very stilted. Just very yeah. stoic. And just, there doesn't seem to be a lot of joy there. Okay. Um, and we saw, not this past episode, but the episode before that, saw some of that break, like when she was training uh, Sabine. Mm-hmm. And like, she seemed a little more playful and, and so in this episode, uh, of course, Ariana Greenblatt, I think, does a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, she does. Uh, 
we we kind of get to see maybe why it's been that way and it that it's not yes. a that it that it is a choice based on the character not a i don't know how to do this thing no absolutely and and that's kind of it informs like and this is why i'm not i'm not as worried as you are because dave has written every single episode and so i feel like dave is the writer that george wanted to be but didn't have the finesse that dave has from his years and years and years in animation and working on story and pounding it through um and i'm not gonna say that he instantly was good he just had what 200 episodes of a star wars to learn how to star wars and to perfect star wars and knows what works and what doesn't and then came up with his own mind yep. with george's help how to star wars and what new star wars should be um that's why i'm kind of not i'm not worried about this because it all feels like it's all a part of the ride right like there's always a reason why certain things are happening and yeah. uh like so the interesting part for me, like, like, and I wanted to talk to you about this is, man, I got a little choked up because I finally saw the Anakin that should have been the Anakin in, in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Because, and it's the same actor and thank God the digital de-aging worked. Um, they really kind of got it right with with Anakin, which gives me hope for whoever they're going to digitally de-age moving forward, because we know that that's happening. Um, we just don't know how. Uh, but, um, like, the thing that, that like, really, really kind of shook me to my pillars is that, like, first hearing him say snips, that hit me hard. Oh, because, I mean, yeah. you know, we spent two decades with these two and him always calling her snips. And to hear him say that in live action and to see the reaction of Rosario, not the last episode, but this episode, because it played out a lot longer, it, it hit me in a way that I was not expecting. Like, like I told you, like, I don't, I'm at the point now where I'm going to probably give up saying what I think is going to happen next and let me enjoy the Dave Filoni ride of Rebels 2.0. Um, we may not get everything that we want. Or what I want, but you know what? At this point, I'm okay with it because in Dave, I trust. Um, because he knows how to Star Wars more than anybody. I mean, this show makes me feel like I now know what Mando, like the Mando stuff, I know what Favreau does. I know what is, I know what is clearly Favreau, and I know what clearly is Filoni. And I can tell you, everything that is Filoni in that show is the stuff I like. The stuff that I find challenging and eye-rolling is the, is the Favreau stuff. Because it's very clear the elegance at which, if Dave is left to himself, how elegant he can make things. Like, this show, I, I wanted to see it on the big screen because the way he shot it was, like, literally the way that I expect a, like, both animated and, like... What my vision of the Clone Wars, if it was live action, would have been. The yeah. whole thing of the murky, dusty, kind of like, it's very atmospheric, right? 
but yeah, it's, it's the acting. it's the most perfect use of the volume we've seen. Exactly, absolutely, and like just I don't know, like there's something about it, and especially the kicker, and you don't realize it until after you really think about it. But there's specific reasons. There, there's specific places that he that he takes her to. If it is Anakin. That will help her later on. And one of those things is the Siege of Mandalore. Which, again, going back to Obi-Wan, he was around for that. We know that yeah. there were consequences. But it gives us a little bit more context about... And this is something I didn't even think about until I saw that episode. Was There's another added layer of to the reasons why she is so distant from Sabine. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, 100%. It's that relationship. It's the fact that she killed Mandalorians, which no matter what, you're still killing people, right? Like, and Dave is giving you a heart and a beating complexity that I never, I never thought that would come over to like the live action in a way that because we have so much Star Wars now, it needs to have that. It needs to have those kinds of like eccentricities and it made sense why Sabine, why it was so fucking hard for Ahsoka to train Sabine. It's nothing to do with Sabine. It has everything to do with Ahsoka and her relationship with not just the Force, but also the Mandalorians. Um, and I wanted to add on to something. Whenever you talk to Jake, uh, Jacob and Spencer again about like, about, like and they and they counter you. Well, Obi Wan wasn't that bad. <laughs> Remember this. Okay, <laughs> I don't care what what Obi Wan says. He knocked boots with Duchess Satine, right? And if he was if he if he was half the teacher that everybody says he is, and half the Jedi he was, he would have admitted it to his Padawan. And admitted that he was wrong in doing it, and admitted that it created a whole issue, and showed he was human, or showed that he was Karen, or whatever you want to call it, right? Showed, like, if he had just admitted to certain things, like the whole, like, you know, him, like him talking about his previous life, and we know that he was like, he was not the best kid. It was only through the nurturing of Qui Gon Jinn did he realize and come to where he was? And that's why I think he's a terrible Jedi is because he was never, like you said, he was never honest. He always lied. But the biggest part, the thing that he did to seal Anakin's fate was in Clone Wars, everybody knew he did. He was in love with Justice Satine, just as much as Satine was in love with him. But guess what? He held it up. He was stoic and he didn't, he wasn't honest with his, with his Padawan. And what happened? Dude fell in love with a girl. Dude got a girl pregnant, and then you blamed him. You blamed him for everything. Um, you know, not taking accountability. Like the biggest part for me is like he doesn't take accountability, but he does. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's a very it's it's a very it's not gaslighting, but it is like this. But it's like, close. it's 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 not really my fault. You're like, yeah. it's not really my fault. <laughs> my favorite part, I failed you, Anakin. I, this much I know is true. And it's like, man, you don't feel anything about that. You just want to get rid of this dude because he's a problem now. 
It's like, it's like, like, I, I don't know. It's like, even in like, like, and now it makes me want to go back and watch the, the final two episodes or certain episodes of Obi-Wan because it's the, it's the what Anakin says to Obi-Wan at the end of their, their final confrontation that I really kind of want to like go back to recontextualize for myself because I feel like there's a lot there that I didn't unpack that I want to unpack now. Do you know what I mean? Because that relationship has been informed by this whole, this whole Anakin and Ahsoka, like her learning from her experiences. Like what I liked about the show is they just showed what happened. They didn't make her change. She just got to see everything that occurred and she recognized that she was a weapon, right? Like that's the big thing that she recognized. I wasn't, I was trained to be a soldier at 14. I was trained to kill, you know, you didn't teach me anything. And I know where you're coming from with the whole thing of like, is it really Anakin? Because it's this whole thing of like, he never responds to her in a compassionate way that he would have as Anakin in the Clone Wars, right? Yeah, but if it is Force Ghost Anakin, it is Anakin post-Vader. Yes, it's Anakin and Vader. And that's the thing is that we see that brilliant moment that that he stole from the poster. That fucking, like, dude goes into battle and he has, he already has, man, there's just so much I love about that episode. And it just, it flashes to the Vader. And then even then she she faces Vader in a weird way. Um, And she faces all the faces of Anakin because like, and that's what I think is like the thing with like the in-between is, is that there's no right or wrong in the in-between. It's just who you are, right? Like, like it's who you are in all the faces that you were. Like, you know, um, and that's why we see Anakin in all of the different variances other than the kid, which, you know, thank God they didn't do little baby Anakin and Jake Lloyd because like, you know, (laughs) even though Jake Lloyd, like, you know, like we got to give him his flowers because if, if a mod best got his flowers at certain point, Jake Lloyd has to give his his flowers at a certain point. That poor kid, man. Yeah. 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 You know. I don't know, like, it's just, it was a brilliant, like, yeah. I got teared up, but it was teared up because of, like, something so beautiful that I never thought I would ever see. I wish I never... we, I wish we'd have just gotten bookends of, uh, uh, Jason them, and, yeah, and, instead and of, Hera. like, cutting, I wish it had just been bookended, um, uh-huh. I understand why it wasn't because you need that the sequence with the the whales uh, or the yes. purgle. Um the purgle. And also yeah, the waves. Yeah, yeah. You need the waves. Like you need to give Jason a moment that we know that he is Kane and Jarus's son. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I just wish he wasn't that, so damn annoying. He like you 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 talked to me about this and I was and I didn't really counter until like I was like you know what? I'm fairly certain. Like by the end, I'm not annoyed with him. But up until the point where he sh- shuts up and he goes to the edge with Chopper and he just sits there and listens, up until that point, I was annoyed with him for the entire series because he's a kid. Yeah. Like, and he's not doing the lines. But again, then I also I, I often think, you know what? 
Star Wars is filled with stilted lines um, and filled with annoying teens, like or, or annoying kids. Uh, yeah. You know, like I told you, Tashi Station for power converters. I like, mean, yeah, you, Luke. Yeah, <laughs> Luke is pretty annoying in the first movie, um, and he's barely a kid in that movie. Um, exactly. All of the like very much kids we've seen in most Star Wars things start off to a point where it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> like yeah. I hate sand. It gets uh, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I hate that Jake Lloyd took so much flack. I don't think his performance is bad. I think it no. is written to be a kid that you're just like, oh my god, go away! Like you are so yeah. annoying. Um, the kid that eventually would become the the homicidal, genocidal maniac that he that that is Darth Vader. Like, think about it. It's like the, the scenes are there. Like, when, when, like when you look back on it, like you know, anybody that knew him could have looked back and went, "Man, I just didn't trust that kid." Of course, he became Darth Vader. I just didn't yeah. trust him. He was an annoying little shit. Um, I will. Okay, so like, I will say this. Like, once the wave scene came up, I was like, "That's fucking Filoni. That's Filoni." Um. Shout out to, I wanted to also say a huge shout out to Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who, like, it's damn hard to take a character that I've known for years and years and give it a new life and give it a different spin, but still feel like the same character. It's just 10 years removed. Fuck, man. She just, she nails it. She nails Hera and what Hera's about. And especially in this episode. Like, the way that she commands people, like, and she does, she commands people, right? Like, yeah. that's the Hera that I know. And that's kind of beautiful. And it kind of gels in a way that I'm like, yeah, this is like, like, I, like, you know, as much as I like Ahsoka, I kind of want a Hera, a Hera, a Hera TV show now, you know? And I, and I'm excited for moving forward with, if she shows up in different Star Wars things that we're going to be seeing, because like Mary Elizabeth Winston gets Hera as much as Vanessa Marshall got Hera and the attitude. And I'm just waiting for her to speak French in that French accent that the, that all the uh, Twi'leks uh, speak in. Yeah. Like I, I really want, I, and that may be something like, you know, um, there may be a tweet that I've seen going around uh, w- that concerns Hera and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, where they're saying watching the Star Wars, but really watching the Star Wars for this may be yeah. something that maybe I might be. Um, but anywho, um, she's great. Uh, I don't know, man. It just like that moment, the the moment with uh, at the end between Ahsoka and uh, Hong Yoon is great like that mystery of the unknown yes like i can understand where it came from that's a perfect ending moment but it is kind of a perfect ending moment because it's like this is like kind of almost mid-season you know like if they like this is where in the tv show if it was an abc tv show that we wouldn't we would go on hiatus for four weeks right until the final three yeah um but 
I don't know, man. Like it's like you said, it's either like I'm confident it's going to be one of those like landmark episodes for me or landmark Star Wars. I can't even call it an episode like a landmark Star Wars thing because it gave me so much that I don't I didn't know I needed. But I, I absolutely need now. Um, you know, if they went back and redid more of the Clone War stuff and gave us like of era stuff like this like i wouldn't be mad at it i kind of love this i mean the only thing we didn't see is like rex with his with his helmet off or more time with rex because that relationship has not been like if they if they decide to like show him on the last episode or give you like you know give you the moment of of both of these two re-meeting again like you know what i mean like you know like um old captain rex and and uh and ahsoka there's no context for it because they didn't really do anything with rex in the flashbacks but i understand why they didn't do it because it was showing ahsoka or it was giving ahsoka context for how she had lack of training but maybe how that didn't matter yeah i i completely agree with you um, and, and I mean, he does boil it down like really simply. He's just like, mm-hmm. you, like your choice is to live or die. Yeah. Like that, that's the, the lesson that's, mm-hmm. you know, you're not living what you've been doing is not living, mm-hmm. you know? So you, you gotta take the leap and keep living or just hang it up and, you know, I'll see you here soon. Um, yeah, it was it was such a great episode of TV. You know, I know everybody loved Andor. Um, yeah, but like this is Star Wars. Like for me, it really uh, is. <laughs> you know, Andor's great in flashes, like in moments. It's really, really good. Um, but, but like, I love Rogue One too, but here's the thing. Rogue One isn't just that militaristic, like spy rebellion stuff. We Mm -hmm. do get to a point where it's like, we get these characters who are entrenched in this mysticism and history and you know, and then it really becomes Star Wars. And it really does. Andor doesn't have any of that. You know, it's no. just that militaristic component. Like I, I can appreciate that Andor is is trying to be its own thing, but you could take all of the quote things that look like Star Wars out of Andor and make a show and just call it whatever. And yeah. And Rebel that, <laughs> Yeah. And that's fine. But like you still like if it's going to be Star Wars, it needs to have something that says it's Star Wars. It doesn't have to be overbearing. It just no. have, has to have something that says it's Star Wars. And I don't think Andor really ever had that. Um, no. At it, it, pieces it, it, of it, but not 
all of it, you know, and and this does like to me, this is like the the thing uh, that Mandalorian season one and two were were pretty good. Book of Boba Fett stumbles. Uh, Obi-Wan Obi-Wan is fine, but it breaks so much of the canon. Um, and, and this is the first time in a long time I've been like, oh shit, Star Wars, man. <laughs> you know, like they, they, yeah. they really, really know. Dave knows what he's doing, unsurprisingly. So, no, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. He knows what he, like him running the ship is undiluted, like pure grade professional, like, you know, pure like George Lucas Star Wars. Like yeah. like that's the only thing I can think of calling it because like you know like you said it, it's been so long since we've gotten a Star Wars that's <laughs> he's he's the Star Walter Wars? he's the Walter White of Star Wars, man. He really is. He really is, man. <laughs> um I um or actually, you know what? George is Walter White. He saw Sal yeah okay he's sal i mean if we really think about it like like i know this is going to be a controversial take but i'm more of a better call saul fan than i am of a i am a oh, no, I, think it's a I think it's a better show yeah so. which like is it is it sacrilege to say at this point because of the hours that that davis had with the star wars that maybe dave is a little bit better at like the <laughs> The student becomes the master. Yeah, um, very much so. I, I mean, like, I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but I mean, you know, I know that a lot of people would say it, but I don't like saying it just because, you know, he made Star Wars. But that doesn't mean that just because you made Star Wars doesn't mean that you can't have somebody that could make better Star Wars than you. And I feel like that's like kind of where we're at right now, which is, is that... I'm just waiting for the world to come along. Like I, I, the the funniest thing to me is, is that you and I have been at this point for a long time where we're like, man, Filoni's the man. Like he makes the star Wars, give him a fucking movie. It's just taken everybody else 15 years to realize that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've been saying it since, you know, uh, probably midway through the Clone Wars, like, oh, George yep. could just hang it up and let this guy do it. Um, you know, and it it is, it is because he sat at the feet of George Lucas and learned the universe and how George wanted to tell those stories from a uh, stylistic point of view. It's just that he's better at the emotional stuff than George ever was. Like yeah. that that's the thing that that those movies and, and you know, not for nothing, people want to point to well, he made uh, a new hope. He made the very first one. Okay, yeah, well, you know, the big one of the bigger emotional beats in the first movie is that the people that raised Luke Skywalker were Burned to death. Burned to death. 
And uh, Luke's just like, well, there's nothing here for me now. I guess I'll go with this old man. That's the fucking emotional beat in A New Hope. That's not a good emotional beat. (laughs) These are the people. I don't care what kind of relationship you had with your your pseudo parents. Like, they weren't estranged. He was literally still living there. Coming home and finding them just eviscerated would would be devastating <laughs> exactly like it's almost like like uh to go back to to one of my things it's almost like like after he saw them he like kicked dirt on their like burning rotting mm-hmm. like they're still burning skulls and go guess i'm going to the tashi station now to get myself some power converters assholes and then just yeah. walked away and like what psychotic motherfucker did that? <laughs> 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 so yeah, George is not good at the emotional stuff, you know. It's it, 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 sand; it gets everywhere. It's like emotions. It's, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's like, it gets I, I don't everywhere. like them. I don't like them. I don't want to <laughs> deal with them. Um, you know, and to be fair, he's a fair. It seems, at least, his public persona, he's fairly emotionless. So yes, he is. You but, know. <laughs> um, but. but uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for whatever these last three episodes bring, um, and uh, we can we can wrap up there. Uh, go check yeah. out everything else we're doing over at xwingfiles.com uh, for more, even more Ahsoka talk. You can check out the main X one X Wing Files feed, um, and uh, Pod Lasso should be back uh, this oh, week. Nice. We had to take a break because I was sick, and Jess was sick, and then Jess oh. was at Dragon Con, and then. Uh, just you know, uh, all of those things. So, uh, we're heading into the the home stretch of the last season of of Ted Lasso, uh, which is going to be interesting because I haven't watched those episodes except for once when they aired. Whereas season one and two, I I've watched you know seven or eight times. So, yeah, um, no, no, absolutely. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, and I am, and I'm back riding. Which you can find over at Adam's website. Yes, you will have another. Uh, you by the time we talk next week, we will have another edition of Logan's Moving Pictures. I will not talk about what it is because I kind of want it to be a surprise. Um, I kind of liked. The, I liked this. Um, I, I definitely. I mean, I don't know how you follow up the the baseball talk. <laughs> um, so you go into it like you go into a completely different direction, which is okay. Like I love it. Like I really do love it. But I want people to f- find out for themselves, even though I, I, like you know, I can very easily talk about it. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather not because it's, it has everything to do with what we're talking about today, and nothing to do with what we're talking about today. But it's also a nice shift from how, um, the what. It's not unemotional, of course, but um, that the the major league two really hits hard. Like it really yeah. does. Like I, I mean, I reread it again, and I got a little misty eyed again, and I'm like, damn, over, <laughs> you know. But it's more than that, right? But I mean, this next one is more than the movie that you're talking about. So, um, but anyways, like that will be up on Friday, um, and hopefully and, you'll have the. I know we got three. The man on yeah. fire is coming because. I did rewatch Man on Fire, so they they put it's on HBO Max um, or Max or whatever the hell it's called. Um, and uh, oh my God, man, what a fucking movie! So uh, that 
fucking Tony Scott, man. Tony. Yeah, Scott. that's I. I started writing that, and I got into the weeds of the Tony Scott of it all, and like I got a. Mm-hmm. I like just thinking about all of that. I was like, fuck, man. Like that guy. Anyway, yep. we don't have to tell. You. It's a sad story. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Uh. So yeah, the movieall.com, xwingfiles.com. Go uh, rate and review us uh, wherever you're listening to this, and uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, maybe talking less football, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either, brother. I don't know. I mean, especially if we have a wild ass, um, a wild ass game uh, yeah. or two, and also just like, just also just like. In general, like we're we're not going to have much to talk about because it's starting to thin out. Like, I mean, I will be able to talk about house. Um, like, okay, so guys, just as a little thing before we talk, I actually talked to Logan about the thing that I'm watching that I'm under embargo about um, because I just like I'm not able to talk about it. But I am running through um, the fall of the House of the Usher or the fall of House of Usher, um, which is the new Mike Flanagan show, the last show that he's going to have for Netflix, at least as we know right now, who knows? Um, it could change. The landscape could change once we <laughs> get back on the Netflix. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I will be able to talk about it because I'm actually covering it for uh, Fantastic Fest. I'm doing remote coverage for Fantastic Fest like I did last year, although I don't have COVID now, um, thank God. But I can talk about that show with you guys and kind of give you an idea of of what that show is about because I'm actually having to currently watch it and cover it. So there'll be that. And then, uh, yeah, we'll probably talk a little bit more of Ahsoka, especially if, if, um, Ezra finally decides to show up and we're not talking yeah. about Spencer's Ezra, son, yeah. Ezra, but like actual Ezra Bridger. It'd be nice. And not that jackass that plays the flash either. So yeah. Aren't we done with him? <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish he'd change his name. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Number four, Mario, number five, weirdo, number six, Batman, number seven, Cal, number eight, the Simpsons, number nine, TV, number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s, but they're really all sold out. See it all together if you with me now. Words ruin everything.